everyone, and welcome to HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Jarrell, and this week I'm here with Christy. Hi! Brandon. You! And my friend and resident Fire Emblem expert, Eddie. Hello! And uh, this week we're going to be talking all about Fire Emblem. I decided to do a series where I learn a little bit about video games that I'm not too familiar with uh, as a whole. So I brought some of my good friends and Fire Emblem experts to tell me all about Fire Emblem, what it is, why they enjoy it, why we should play it, just an an entire Fire Emblem history lesson. I'm going to call it Fire Emblem for Dummies, because I have absolutely no idea anything about Fire Emblem aside from Fates and the current Three Houses, which is wonderful. So, seeing as I don't know anything, I'm going to let you guys tell me all about Fire Emblem by asking a few questions. And the first one is, what exactly is Fire Emblem? How would you describe it? Um, What is the genre of the game? When did it begin? What's its history? Tell me all about Fire Emblem. Cool. So, yeah, Fire Emblem. Um, So, it's the strategy RPG series, for sure. It's different from most strategy games out there in the market because, you know, you have your individual party members that you level them up. They have different classes as you would you know expect in your typical JRPG. But then you have them set in like this strategy map where you have to like, have them fight other soldiers. And one hallmark of the Fire Emblem series that very few games dare to have is the permadeath feature where if a character dies in the map, they don't come back. Unless you restart that very same map the entire thing through, they're going to stay dead for that chapter. If you finish the chapter and they die, they stay dead. Now, recent games have added a casual mode, so they Mm -hmm. just retreat instead of just dying for, you know, so not to intimidate newcomers and such, or just people who just don't want to stress that much about it. But that's one thing that's always set that series apart. They're developed by Intelligent Systems. That's kind of the main thing they're known for these days. Um, they also do the Advanced Wars, which is more of a stricter yes. strategy series, not really RPG and Advanced Wars. And a personal and a personal um, game that I personally love, Paper Mario, they do those as well. I'm not going to get too much into that because I could go on about that. But yeah, Intelligent Systems, they're known for their strategy and RPG series. So they're a very good fit for the whole Fire Emblem series and whatnot. And this series has been around for a while. I'm sure you all would agree. But it hasn't always been in America. I think the reason for that is like kind of obvious if you look how video games have kind of been. When video games were first started to be popular, you know, the NES were like, ooh, let's make the character jump. Let's have them complete levels. So the whole idea of a whole strategy game probably wouldn't have caught on too well at that time. So that's probably what Nintendo Japan was thinking about, which is probably why so many didn't wait, get wait, localized. Wait, 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 wait. What What's time? Um, when when was this? Ah, so yeah. The, the, yes, really? I do. The the, fir- the very first Fire Emblem game was it's, – it's quite a mouthful. It's called Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. And that was a Famicom game that I'm going to say came out in the late 80s. Yes, and they once Yep, and once they came out, they just they just kept coming out because they were so, so popular. There was another one called Fire Emblem Gaiden for the Famicom as well, which both both those first two games got a remake in the West, one for the DS and then the other one for the 3DS, which we'll get into later, I suppose. Um, there's a Super Famicom game called Mystery of the Emblem. That one got a remake for the DS that did not get localized, so Americans got to miss out on the game twice, which kind of infuriates me a little bit. But maybe it might uh, maybe for our, the best. Maybe it's for the best. Now, oh, uh, Christy, I'm sure you have plenty to say about Shadow Dragon later. We'll get Please there don't. though. 
<laughs> we'll, oh we'll get we will get there. Yeah, and then Super Famicom had two more games. The uh, Genealogy of the Holy War, that's another mouthful, which is probably considered by fans to be the darkest Fire Emblem game by far. And then there was a Super Famicom one called Thracia 776, which came out in like 2000 for the Super Famicom. The 64 was on its way out. We were about to get the GameCube, and they were still releasing Super Famicom games. Oh, my which God. Is cra- which Are is crazy. Serious? Yeah, no, I'm dead serious. Like, that... That's the worst selling Fire Emblem game in the series, even in Japan, because no I one had a there. super. Yeah, that yeah, that came out so late in the Super Famicom life cycle. To be fair, that system did sold for a while in Japan, but that was like really late. <laughs> so I had no idea there were this many Fire Emblem games. How many are there? This is sixteen. Three houses, yeah. I think, make sixteen. Sixteen yep. games. Yep. Is that yep. including Warriors as well too? The spinoffs or no? I don't think Not so. I, I know. The I, I, only okay. I know. the original ones. Okay. Correct. Yes, I know for sure, for absolutely positive, that Awakening was thirteen because everyone was calling it Fire Emblem thirteen before it had come out in the West. So, with these sixteen games, then what exactly makes Fire Emblem stand apart from other series? Because I, I know that you did say that there was perma- permadeath. Um, that was one of the big ones. Sure. But is there anything else in the series that makes it like? stand out as a specific Fire Emblem type thing? Well, there's another feature within Fire Emblem that I know that it's been dropped uh, for three houses, but there is a weapons triangle where it's basically like rock, paper, scissors, where sword beats lance, lance... Um, no, my, no, sword my beats bad. axe. Sword yeah. beats axe, axe beats lance, and lance beats swords. And then on top of that, you also have a magic system where, um, can somebody correct me if I'm wrong? It's been a while, but I think fire. Well, what it was, the three elements, if I remember, was light, dark, and anima, correct? Yes. It's been a hot, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was light beats dark, dark, dark and beats then anima, anima, and then beats light. I think, I think so. I think so. It's been a hot minute. So any, yeah. if we're wrong, please let us know. In the comments. <laughs> and so all of this is uh, old Fire Emblem stuff, right? Because I, I did play Fates and I don't remember any of this. Yeah, um, Fates, Fates didn't drop the weapon triangle. Fates but dropped what, the magic, but they kept the weapons. Well, they had some magic. What they dropped in Fates specifically was the weapon durability. And that's another thing that's unique to the Fire Emblem series is the weapon durability, where... Any weapon that you get, any almost, virtually any weapon in the series has a certain amount of uses before it just breaks on you. Like if you have a your typical iron sword that has forty uses, if you use it forty times, the weapon breaks and is no longer usable. Better weapons require a better um, equipment rank. Like the more a character uses a weapon, the better they get with it, and they can mm-hmm. use better weapons. But the better weapons also have lower durability. Um, I remember there's one Fire Emblem game in particular that had like glass weapons, which had the highest amount of damage, but they had three uses because they're glass. Okay. Yeah. So, so Fates, is... Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that Fates had dropped the weapon durability entirely, and so did Echoes, I think, but Three Houses did bring it back. Yeah, Echoes... No, Echoes, they kept the weapon durability, I believe, correct? No, actually, I'm sorry, you're right. Yes, they, they, every character had a default weapon that they could always have, but if you wanted like a special weapon that did more damage, then it did have durability. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and but then Echoes, they also dropped the magic durability. In the previous games, you only had a limited amount of use for the magic before it was like, oh yeah, the spell book broke. But right. with Echoes, they made it linked to your character's HP. Right, that's what it was. I remember that. 
Okay, so to summarize, basically, Fire Emblem is a strategy RPG that is 16 games, has been around forever, and it has permadeath as one of its uh, big features, as well as weapon durability, one of the first games, or one of the only games, I'm assuming, to have weapon durability um, of that type. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Uh, I would also like to add the, the class system. Sure, yeah. Um, the class mm-hmm. system and the progression of uh, classes, uh, which was pretty basic in the earlier Fire Emblem. So it was pretty linear, like a, no matter what happened, like a Swordmaster will be a, well, sorry, a, a Mirbidin or a Mercenary yes. will be like yes. a Swordmaster. And that was kind of like linear. But as the games came out and they progressed, the developers kind of found out that like this class system was very lucrative to like the players. And over time, increasing the capabilities up until three houses, which completely eliminated a character. So, like, any character can be whatever you want at this point. And now you can build them to however you want with an even more dynamic class system than any other game in the past. So that's one thing, you know, that I personally love about Fire Emblem is, is that diversity. Okay, because I, I getting into Fire Emblem um, and looking at some of the classes, now that I'm playing Three Houses, I was completely overwhelmed. There are so many, like, there's a shit ton of classes there. So I was like, oh my god, I don't know what a Myrmidon is. I don't know what a Cavalier Knight is. Like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. But um, you're saying that those types of classes have been around for a while so that Fire Emblem fans will know exactly what they do, right? For sure. We do have the classic ones, and we have some new ones that kind of change per series. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. One thing that is unique to Three Houses, though, is the fact that, you know, they... You have your students as, like, a commoner or noble, and you can, like, have them read those classes. But back in 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 the series... You know, those classes were pretty much just given to you. Like you, you yes. recruited someone, and you—they were already a cavalier. They were already an archer. They were already a mage. And most of the early games in the series, many of which hadn't been localized, you're pretty much stuck to those paths. You could promote them and make them a stronger version of said class, but they were pretty much stuck to there. It's only in more recent games, even before Three Houses, like we're talking like Awakening and Fates, where if you wanted to, you could grind up your units a little bit with like skirmishes. Um, optional battles to really level up your characters that's what skirmish is anyway and then if you grinded them enough you could change their classes if you so chose to do so it did require a lot of grinding because there's yes the, the characters do level up pretty slowly in fire emblem but you could absolutely do that if you wanted your character to be a different class than what they were so i actually have the perfect segue for this to move on to the next topic but before i do i before we get too far away from it i do want to ask um because i have heard that fire emblem does not have all not all of its games came to the U.S. Um, kind of right. like uh, Final Fantasy. So, can you guys tell me a little bit about like what that is? What do you mean about how which one? Like, which, like which ones got localized? Yeah, like which ones yeah. have we not been able to experience in the U.S. For uh, example, sure. Okay, so yeah, I mentioned that. So the first six Fire Emblem games. Um, in the original forms, at least, never got localized. So we're talking about all the way from Shadow Dragon Blade of Light all the way to the first Game Boy Advance title, Binding Blade, which notably featured Roy as the main character. Yes. It, Roy it was, from Smash Bros. is from the first Fire Emblem in, on the Game Boy Advance? No. Yes. No, 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 no. Um, Roy, Roy, the first Game Boy Advance game published on... I'm sorry. The first Fire Emblem game published on Game Boy Advance was not localized. The second one was... Okay. That one was... It yeah. featured Lynn and Ella Wood. Yes, those, those two characters. And that was actually a prequel to the one that featured Roy, 
which had, which was which actually worked out to his benefit because that meant players didn't necessarily had need to have played the first GBA title to enjoy that one since it, you know it was a prequel and everything. Um, and then from that point, almost every single final game past that had been localized, barring one, barring one. I had mentioned it earlier, but they had remade Mystery of the Emblem for the Super Famicom for the DS. But that one did not get localized due to poor sales of Shadow Dragon, which was the remake of the first one. So that means that out of the 16, the first six we aren't able to play because they weren't localized? Not in their original form. The first the first, the first, first game, Shadow Dragon, was remade for the DS, and Fire Emblem Gaiden was re, re, um, <clears throat> remade as Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valentia for the 3DS. So it's more like... For, to be honest. So I also heard that um, one of the reasons it became popular in the U.S. is because of Smash. Very true. Very true. Yes. Well, it, it's, it's part of it. It's definitely part of it because, you know, Super Smash Bros. Melee for the GameCube came out and there was two characters in that game. Marf, who's the original Fire Emblem hero, and Roy, who was meant to actually promote the upcoming, at the time, GBA Fire Emblem game. But of course, to America, that's, you know, they just didn't know who either of them were. Never mind, one was actually a promotion for an upcoming game. And that intrigued people. And then Advanced Wars had also come out for the Game Boy Advance, you know, the fellow intelligence systems game. And a lot of people really enjoyed Advanced Wars. And so it got, you know, Nintendo and intelligence systems thinking that maybe now tastes have changed in the West. Maybe now gamers would be more um, receptive to um, a strategy series. So they gave it a try with the... um, with the GBA Fire Emblem game. It's, when it was originally released, it was just called Fire Emblem, but now so many games have come out, so it's been retroactively called The Blazing Blade. So yeah. Speaking of um, some things that have changed in the series, um, I want to ask it? you guys, because we did talk a little bit about Three Houses, which is what I'm playing right now, and I know Eddie did mention some of um, what is different now than what was before. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys individually, what are some of the biggest changes that have happened over the course of Fire Emblem and its history to now, the best and the worst um, for you guys? Starting with Christy, tell me, what oh. are some of the biggest uh, changes better for better or for worse in the series from the titles that Putting you played? Putting me on the spot? Yes. Actually, before <laughs> you answer that, let me know which titles you played, how many, and um, what you think has changed for the better or for worse in the series. Let me see. The titles I've played, um, I've played Fire Emblem, The Blazing Blade, uh, Sacred Stones. I've also played Radiant Dawn. I have not played Path of Radiance yet. Um, I've also played Awakening Fates, and I'm currently playing Three Houses. And I've also played Echoes. Almost forgot Echoes. I would have been a terrible person. Oh, no. <laughs> How many is that? I wasn't counting. How many is that? Let me see. I wasn't counting either. I thought somebody was going count for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I was trying and I forgot. I don't know if this helps, but that's pretty much every firing local every localized firing game except Path of Radiance. She's All right, played. Well, there we go. So she's played every and localized I've, one except for Path of Radiance. I'm like slowly working my way through, you know, Shadow Dragon, which is awful. Oh no! Oh my <laughs> we God. don't talk about it's Shadow not great. Dragon. <laughs> okay, well, there's a consensus for a bad Fire Emblem game. I, I, I fell asleep. Oh. I fell asleep trying to get past the preparation menu. Oh my god! All right, it's such well, a dull preparation hopefully, menu. <laughs> hopefully, that's one of the things that has changed for the better in the series. So, um, what are some things that have changed uh, for better or worse in the series? So overall, I like the fact that now you like what Eddie said. The classes they are not linear. You're able to kind of pick and choose like what classes you want for each unit, but 
but in a way they're still kind of guiding you towards like the character's supposed path by stating oh yes this character has better sword skills or no their writing abilities is like top-notch compared to other units so they're still trying to guide you but you have freedom to kind of pick and choose at the same time i also like the fact that the writing has gotten so much better i know that for sure at first it was a very simple story and then as fire emblem started to progress you can see that the writing has gotten better and i think for the most part, Three Houses has one of the best writings in a Fire Emblem se- from the Fire Emblem series that I have seen. And I'm actually still impressed by how much depth each, characters ha- each character has. So is that something that wasn't um, in previous titles? Um, they weren't as in-depth, the characters? Um, in previous titles, some characters, they had more depth compared to others, but of course they were locked behind support conversations in three houses. You don't have to see the support conversations as much, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? I believe it does. <laughs> I think you're, you're saying that, um, in previous titles for characters to have some type of depth, they would have to be, um, you'd have to read the... Yeah. Yes, you would have to basically make them stand next to each other a certain amount of times in the battles and then after that activate their support conversation to see but that's still kind of is here now you're just saying it's easier yeah it's well it's a bit easier but at the same time it's not focused primarily on the lords if that makes sense in previous titles most of the story revolved around the lords but this time it still does but you can see how it affects the other secondary characters and how they have a role in the story. So, wait a second. The lords, as in, like, every Fire Emblem game is about, like, lords and knights? Usually, yes. Usually, yes. Y'all did not tell me this. This is things that you put in your What is Fire Emblem thing. I had no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, the the, the majority and of dragons. the... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let Christy finish her thing in a second, but... Yeah. Yeah, the majority of the um, Fire Emblem series, the main character is usually royalty. This is not always the case, but but I'd say nine times out of ten in the Fire Emblem games, the main character is a royal who usually has been disposed from their kingdom due to an evil, either an evil like um, monarch trying to usurp control or an evil wizard that's trying to revive some god or, or some uh, some. There are some certain Fire Emblem tropes. They get tw- twisted and turned around in various ways. I think Christy like. Ike is one of the few non-royalty heroes, correct? Ike and Micaiah, they're one of the few yeah. non-royalty. Um, I want to say Robin is also considered a True, lord, yeah. but, he's, but he or she is not royalty. Okay, um, so Eddie, you're trying to be put on the spot. Um, <laughs> what are some of the changes that you've noticed in Fire Emblem um, that are for better or for worse? But you have to start by telling us which games you've played. Oh, okay, so... I have played uh, all the localized games that came out uh, here in the United States. Blazing Blade, Sacred Stones. I played Sacred Stones like 20 times. Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, um, Awakening, Fates, Echoes, Three Houses, and uh, (coughs) Shadow Dragon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah, and in playing... playing, uh, since it came out here in the United States, uh, which, like Christy said at the time, it was very linear. It was very simple. It, it was just about like the gameplay more so than it was about the story and watching the series uh, develop into 
something that has so much more depth while still providing that same like uh, tactical experience is what I love about the series. I've literally watched it grow and I've literally like through the games, you could see the developers kind of like sit and stop and kind of be like, well, you know what? This did well in this game. Let's put a little, a little more in that in this next one. And they also took, I feel like they took a number from Pokemon too with Fates and they're like, let's come out with two games mm-hmm. with two different storylines. <laughs> they two they tried. <laughs> right? They, and they, they tried and it just did not, I felt that Fates, it, they had the right idea, but it was just not properly executed. If it was executed as well as Three Houses, I think Fates would have been spectacular. So that's uh, that's actually what I, how I feel that they improved from Fates to Three Houses. Because instead of kind of doing the whole Pokemon thing where they have like three different series, like Conquest, what was it, Conquest, Birthright, and Perfect. then Revelations, yes. which is yep. tied all, all both of them together into like all the you know all the characters come together to fight a common goal. They were still able to provide that same idea in one game with more depth, and I think mm-hmm. they really did take the advantage of the power that the Nintendo Switch has to implement that. Mm. I do need to throw it in here before we continue that Three Houses is developed by Koei Tecmo and Intelligence Systems was brought in as a supervising. Mm-hmm. So which is which is a, a lot of that there. is why it looks the way it does right now and runs the way it does. So good for them. So Eddie, since you've played so many uh, multiple times, since you've played a few of the titles multiple times, uh, before I get to Brandon, what are some of the Fire Emblem, because we were talking about Fire Emblem tropes, what are some of the Fire Emblem tropes that you've noticed in uh, the games over the years? Also, nobody said anything about romancing people either. I remember playing Fates and I had babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that's oh, a big part of it. Do you, want me to I, get, do you want us to get into that now or... Uh, so what I meant rather was the relationship ranks between characters, the the storyline that follows um, a knight or a lord or something. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Christy pretty much summed it up. Did you have anything else to say about the differences uh, between like, uh, well, what has changed over the course of the series? Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Dragons. The use. You know what? I'm actually going to mention uh, the use of creatures. Fire Emblem, I mean, Fire Emblem has, like, been known to have a dra- dragon lore throughout its story. It's, I mean, the world itself, the lore of the world, uh, the various wor- worlds are very heavily intertwined with dragons and so on. And typically, uh, we have characters like Tiki or Naga, like these recurring uh, maniki to show up, and they're typically either, like, the last one of their kind. And they're, you know, they're, they're meant to change like the fate or something. And they kind of like joined the, the noble and their gang of warriors into like, you know, the whole like carrying on the, the story. Um, what I what I do love about the use of that is that we do see that change throughout the series. And the uh, what was it? The we it was Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, Radiant Dawn where they where they used. Uh, oh, my God, I forgot their names. The different like animal the lagoose kingdoms yeah, yeah the lagoose and and the the falcons i i forgot their character like their their race names in the game but just kind of like seeing how those ideas like transform as the games progress and i won't say any spoilers for three houses but i do find it neat <laughs> uh what that came to into three houses oh, oh. yeah that's right 
All right. Ooh. Well, um, Brandon, your turn. Um, wh- how many of the Fire Emblem games have you played, and what do you think has changed over the course for better or worse? Cool. So, yeah, as far as Fire Emblem game, you know, localized Fire Emblem games, the only ones I haven't played have been the Tellius games. So that's been Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Yeah, my first Fire Emblem game, <laughs> you two are going to love this, uh, was Shadow Dragon was my first one. You poor yeah. soul. Yeah, that was not a great way to get things, get the ball rolling there. But yeah, no, I remember they're, they're back. Do you guys remember Nintendo, um, the Nintendo channel on the Wii? That, 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 um, it was that channel on the Wii that would give you like trailers for like DS and Wii games and whatever. So there was like a trailer there was a for. Wii channel? Yeah, th- there was many Wii channels. But anyways, they had trailers for, um, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon like quite constantly. And, I was like, huh, this looks really fun. Let me play it. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon is <laughs> – it's a remake of the original. And aside from, like, graphics and maybe a few um, quality of life improvements, they really didn't change that much. It is as bare bones as Fire Emblem gets. So I think even though it's not the greatest point to start off from, it really just made everything after it just like so much better in a way. Cause the next one I had to play after that was sacred stones for the GBA. And that's a way better fire Emblem game, even though that's on a game boy Advance compared to the shadow dragon DS. Um, I guess to talk about like how the series has improved over the years, based on my understanding of everything is yeah. Shadow dragon is just the raw ingredients of what fire emblem is now it's like eating a raw tomato, whereas with later final games, it's like a proper spaghetti using those tomatoes. <laughs> you <Okay>. know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, Full that's, meal. That, that, that's all Shadow Dragon is. It's the raw story and the raw gameplay. You don't have any of the stuff that have really kept longtime fans like invested. One thing I personally love has been touched on before has been the support conversations. You can have characters talk to each other if there's certain characters that won't talk to each other no matter what you do, but more or less you can have two characters um, fight together in battle and they'll become closer for it. And sometimes this develops into romantic relationships. Sometimes you can radically change a character's fate by having them marry another character. Um, this was touched on briefly by um, one of you where I'll give an example. Erica, she's the main Lord of the game Fire Emblem of the Sacred Stones. Mm-hmm. She ha- she has several male characters in which she can um, S- uh, A-rank support with in that game. And she can A-rank support with her brother in which the two of them will end up working together to help rebuild their lost kingdom. She can form A-rank with her, for, with her main knight, and then it becomes this fantastic love story of a knight who fell in love with um, her the, the princess he's supposed to protect. Or she can marry this prince from another kingdom, and then they reunite fight reunite that kingdom it radically changes to how that kingdom goes based on those supports and that's something that's kind of evolved over the years with the series too where yeah if you s rank support with these two characters though um it'll radically change their fate and then with awakening they even had it where if the two characters support their kids from the future would join your army and then you could recruit even more characters to your side I'm upset that they kind of brought that they brought that back in face, and I understand why they did it because it was such a popular feature of Awakening. But with face, it was not executed nearly as well, and it was very tacked on. Aww. I think, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I love my, like I love my daughter Kana dearly from Fire Emblem Fates, but like, 
it's a mechanic that just didn't need to be in Fates. And you guys were also talking earlier about the Lagoos units. You know, Beast units are, are units in Fire Emblem that it was mainly in the Tellius games. You know, those games I didn't play, <laughs> the Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. But Awakening, Awakening is a great starter Fire Emblem game, even now, because it was the best of Fire Emblem at the time. It had supports. It had Beast units. It had Dragon units. There was little elements from all the other Fire Emblem games in it. It was meant to be. The, it was originally going to be the final Fire Emblem game ever released, but it sold so well that the series continued. So yay! It was, it's, I'm glad. I'm glad that it came to that. Did not. But yeah, yeah. Awakening was gonna be the was gonna be the swan song to the series, but the series continued because Awakening did so well. So yes, yeah. More gems that I did not know. Yeah, no. That, that's 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 my main thing. I just love how the how you know the shadow again. Shadow Dragon has is very bare bones, but the gameplay was there. They just have been building on onto it little by little, you know, strengthening the, the strengthening the foundation that is the Fire Emblem series, and that's where I've really come to. It's it's adding a lot to it, but that's what keeps people engaged in the series at the end of the day. Like you can't have a game with a series like Fire Emblem that's so story based, the gameplay will only get you so far. And I'm glad that uh, Christy mentioned it. Three Houses, the mo- the recent game series, has such good writing, and that's what really keeps people engaged, even with all the great gameplay on top of it as well. Okay, so keeping speaking of keeping people engaged, my next question is for each of you individually: Why exactly should I or anyone else play Fire Emblem? What draws you to the series, and what keeps you coming back, and why? Starting once again with Christy. I think if you like strategy games and if you also like games with a story that is more like error games that are centered around a story then i think you'll like fire emblem just because oh no did she get muted did she get cut off i think she did all right um until she comes back eddie (laughs) why should i play fire emblem (laughs) (laughs) Uh, same question. What draws you to the series? What keeps you coming back? Um, uh, why, what would make someone play this? Why should they play it? Uh, well, um, considering I feel like every Fire Emblem game to this point has been so different from one another that each one has something that new it provides and something that something new that will attract uh, you know, more consumers and so on. I would definitely say uh, bonding with characters within your game fire emblem has always produced uh characters who you know like early on it was uh like christy mentioned earlier i believe it was brandon started off kind of very you know simple very linear it was about the lore but over time fire emblem has started giving us more characters and more opportunities to invest in these characters and learn about uh their backstories and so on i'll definitely uh to add on to what christy mentioned about like the strategy games and so on i'll let her finish that when she comes back um (laughs) i would just uh i would add on very relatable playable and interactive uh npcs in game okay brandon same question what keeps you coming back to the series why should other people play it i'm gonna be absolutely real with you playing shadow dragon as my first final game it did make the series feel a little bit cloistered in the initially because Eddie was mentioning how much, you know, these bonds with characters and what, what connects you to them. Shadow dragon had absolutely none of that. You had all these characters that 
you would send to fight. They were good for like class coverage. Like you had your Cavaliers, you had your Knights, so you had enough to get the specific job you want done. But there was no reason for you to care about these characters. They would very rarely get any kind of dialogue aside from their initial recruitment dialogue, and that was pretty much it. You were pretty much sending um, generic soldiers out to war. But over with, the course with, of, with names, with names, with names and unique designs, but that was it. There was nothing to them besides the that. But over the course of the series, you know, they have gone a long way to make you care about a, a lot of these characters. And Three Houses by far has done that for more characters than I think any other Fire Emblem game, because no matter what Fire Emblem game you're talking about, there are just some characters who just didn't get enough screen time, As even if you got their support conversations. They just weren't really vital to the story. Now, some have become very popular in spite of that. Like, if you go to a Fire Emblem and mention the name Tharja, they'll know who you're talking about, but she doesn't play a role in the story. She's just a really popular because, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but uh, the point is the characters are now more than so, ever. So, wait, I don't get it. Why is she really popular? Uh, just Tharja? go ahead and uh, t- type in uh, Tharja on the internet and you'll see her design and then you'll understand why she's very popular. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. her character design. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a design joke. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Are you typing it in now? I am. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it, but I was looking it up now. Okay. Would you like the spelling? <laughs> nah, it's probably for the best. Yeah. No, we're good. But anyway, let's get back to the let's get back to the topic here. Yeah. The point is, the characters are become like their personalities are becoming more defined. You actually care about them, and that's what's. What I think is getting more and more people into the series that we're actually getting characters that you come to like, that you come to appreciate. You know, I just <laughs> I just chastised Star just a second ago, but I think it is cool that people can attach to a character that doesn't really play much of a role in the story. Yeah, maybe the same could be said for some of the three houses students. You care about them because you're the students and they have well developed personalities, but that's a natural evolution of what we've already been seeing. And of course, you know, the gameplay is really fun. You know, you have there's there's a little strategy. There's a, a big level of strategy to it. It can be as simple, as complex as you want, depending on the difficulty, which is something that I've admired that the series has been be more inclusive to people who maybe are not as strategically inclined as other people. Mm-hmm. They've really gone a long way Good, to like, it's get not, more people into the series. It's not inclusive fun- when it comes to uh, diversity, but it's really inclusive when it comes to gameplay. <laughs> sorry i'm yeah. sorry i just had to throw that out there claude is like the only brown dude in three houses but that's not what this podcast is about keep going yeah but, but yeah but yeah i just love that they're doing more to like really get people in because fire and, and, and the difficulty especially because fun, some final games are brutal with their difficulty like some don't even bother to give you difficulty they're just hard they're just difficult to beat. oh yeah like just just right off the bat, like, and that's and it's hard and it's and it was always a hard sell to get people into this series be just because of its difficulty. But between difficulty, the characters, and then with three houses adding and all this other diverse gameplay to like really help you make your students the the way you want. They're doing so much to like help people get in. So you know if you're if you if you're so if you would like to give a strategy game a try, like there's so many good Fire Emblem games to play. They just really have been improving little by little over the years, and you know, as good as Three Houses is, I'm excited to see what how they keep evolving with this series. See how how far, much further it can go, both for the long time and the hardcore fans. 
Great. I think this is um, a really good place to uh, wrap up by asking you guys my final question, which is, which is your favorite Fire Emblem and why not counting three houses? Uh, Chrissy, once again. Oh, actually, before that, you did not get to finish your statement because you got disconnected. Um, please, <laughs> if you remember what you were saying, please finish. I was asking. No, I, um, I think that was it, actually. Oh, OK. I, I just left it short and sweet. So that way people can fill in. <laughs> OK, cool. In that case, then, what is your favorite Fire Emblem and why? My favorite Fire Emblem game is going to be Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valencia, just because I really enjoy the story. I also like to see I'm also like a sucker for these uh, these stories that they're like, oh, yeah, they're predestined to do these type of things. I'm a sucker for that type of story. And also after playing um, Awakening and Echoes for a while, I just really wanted a game that was more in line with a traditional Fire Emblem back from the GBA days. And that's what Echoes was. It was like, it was almost a return to form of the traditional Fire Emblem games that I played and fell in love with back on the Game Boy Advance. But it was more evolved, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it does to me. <laughs> Eddie, same question. What's your favorite Fire Emblem, excluding Three Houses, and why? All right, so... Uh, I would have to say, and I give this much thought, I would have to say my favorite game is uh, Sacred Stones. Ooh. Um, so before Fire Emblem, there was the series Advance Wars. Um, yeah. Which, awesome strategy game. Awesome, awesome strategy game. Imper- like, super in-depth for the 3D, like the, the 3DS. For the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance at the time, it was great. Mm-hmm. I've always imagined a baby between Fire Emblem and Advance Force happening. <laughs> and though I still haven't gotten that, the end of the, the campaign in Fire Emblem Sacred Stones was the first time that Fire Emblem allowed you to continue on playing the game. Just killing random mobs and whatever with your characters, you know, it allowed you to kind of continue building your characters the way you want. There was no more lore attached to it. It was just kind of like, and you save the world and here's a bunch of like leftover zombies for you to go. And you could play that as long as you want. That made my childhood. (laughs) I've literally played Fire Emblem Sacred Stones maybe 20 times just to see how I can build each character differently and to see what like their best route of whatever, you know, like, was and to me i mean because of that experience like fire emblem sacred stones to me is priceless and every time i think fire emblem from my childhood it goes back to that that um is a lot to live up to uh, with brandon <laughs> you going next <laughs> um, so brandon the same question um what's your favorite fire emblem excluding uh three houses and why yeah so i am going to um Echo Christie a little bit because my favorite is also Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valentia. Really? So it is at 100%. And I'll, and I'll explain exactly why it's my favorite too. So at, even though I didn't say it as much when the game was being first revealed to be coming out, but like I was a little worried about the game when it was coming out to 3DS because, you know, it's like, like Shadow Dragon, it was a remake of an old game. And my worry was that, yes, I was excited, of course, that we're finally getting this unlocalized game, a version of it, to the West so that we could finally try it. But I was worried, well, what if they don't change it much? What if it's like Shadow Dragon where just it's a new game, quote, but it still feels old? So then I got it, and it doesn't feel 
it's a, it's a remake, but it didn't feel old at all. First of all, the entire game is fully voice acted. Three Houses has that now, but this mm-hmm. is the first final game to have full voice acting for everyone. Like every character, like every character. If you went to towns, even the NPCs got voiced, which was nuts. That NPCs got voiced as well. They ins- the weapon triangle got re- got eliminated. Instead, weapons just have different properties. Um, I love that you have two main characters that do have their own armies. Like Alm has his army, and Celica has her army. It. One thing that I, I guess maybe this is a personal problem for me with Fire Emblem, but sometimes I felt like the roster that you could get were too big. I didn't like choosing because, like, even if I didn't particularly like a character, I also felt bad leaving them out of the army as well. As, and, and that got worse with later Fire Emblem games because they're so unique characters that I want to see what they're about. I don't want to just, like, let them be in the wayside. But with Echoes, I felt like I didn't have to choose. If there was enough time to level up all your characters and really get to know them because they're split between two armies you could work with everyone and it gave you more characters to work with without it worrying about levels so you got to know everyone you got to train with them and then everything i love the storyline of the game they added unlike shadow dragon which didn't add anything to the story echoes added a few subplots to make the story more interesting like alm had a um had a rivalry with a new character called Brakut. His, his story was very interesting. Another ca- new character called Fernand, who was like part of the army, but didn't he was he had a rough past, and so he doesn't trust commoners. Like there's so much they added to the story to make what, what might have been perhaps a little bland on its own really stand out. And you know, Fire Emblem characters again with the whole support system, like of you being able to interchange relationships. That's all well and good that you can make the relationships what you want. But there's also said to be said something to be said about a story that's like set for you that they painstakingly crafted. And the love story between Alm and Celica in that game is beautiful. I absolutely love how it was done during that story. It really kept me invested. The entire game, I wanted them to reunite and get back together and like help save the kingdom together. And it was it further pounded that every time you booted up the game, it's just them two like wall, wall, holding hands as kids, and you just wanted them to like. It's so cute, man. So the lore, so the lore, the gameplay, the supports, they it, it took this old ass Famicom game and made it feel like something really new and fresh, and I absolutely love it for that. And it's one of the only few. It's one of the few fighting games I've actually saw, seen all the way through to the end because I wanted to. I just wanted to keep playing. I wanted to know how it all ended. That's awesome. Um, so I know that I said that was the last question, but I have one more for you guys, um, which, because I know we're all playing Three Houses, without spoilers, what is your favorite or most anticipated uh, feature in Three Houses so far? Um, I'll start, because I'm actually playing this one. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is, um, honestly, I'm just really excited for where the story is going. Like, I, I think, uh, I, I only played a little bit of Fates. I have no other Fire Emblem knowledge aside from what we've talked about now. But it is definitely um, a great story so far, and I'm, I'm a sucker for a story game. So, so far right now, my favorite thing that I'm most anticipating with going into three houses is where the story is going to take me uh but same order christy what about you like like you i'm really curious about where the story will go but i'm also curious about um when we'll see the dragon since almost yeah, every you just single say that every, yeah a dragon where mm. the heck is my dragon interesting question all right um eddie i mean i I, I, I don't know how we can play Fire Emblem and not choose the story. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, this game, 
provides such a great in-depth story, which each one of its, char- its characters um, and your intra- interactions with characters that are not even in your house. It's just, I mean, seeing where the story goes, where everyone's going to end up, you know, and how things play out is definitely my anticipation. You know? <laughs> and Branton. So I'm actually going to veer a little off course and not say the same thing everyone else is. I am, of course, very excited to see. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say this because, yeah. But like, I am very excited for the story. Like, I'm, I'm invested into it. It's, it's great. But the thing I'm actually most excited for with um, Fire Emblem Three Houses is what are my students going to grow up to be? Because you have so much customization with these students, and I love seeing what they're good at and what they're not so good at their hidden budding potential, all that stuff. I spent like so much time just looking at every student's skill sheets, just trying to figure out what direction am I going to take them by the end of the game? What classes are they going to be? What are they going to specialize? Some of them, I figured it out right away. Just looking at their sheets. Some of them like, Hmm, these kind of conflict. What are they going to be when they grow up? So much like how you how a, how a teacher loves to see what their students will become. I'm very excited to see how, what, what my students will grow into by the end of the game. And that's my most excited thing. Just what they'll what they'll become. That's actually um, that's actually a really great point. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go any further because I don't want to uh, talk about sp- uh, any or spoil anything. But um, yes, I I actually agree with that. Um, okay, any last things about the Fire Emblem series that no one's mentioned that I need to know before we close out? Anything at all, or do I do I have it all? I think we covered everything. I have I have just one 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 last thing to to, to point out. Um, oh, it's not 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 really to point out, but like you know, there's so many Fire Emblem games that haven't been localized yet. We talked about this at Nauseam already. The only one I'm really after Three Houses, the only one I really want them to like remake next, and I hope it gets the same love that Echoes did, is the genealogy of the Holy World game War game and its Cesaracia. I'd love if they just combine them together to make one game, but if they wanted to do just one, that's fine too. Because it is the darkest Fire Emblem game. It also has the biggest maps in the entire series with maps that could take you up to an hour to complete compared to the small maps of later Fire Emblem games. That so, does not sound fun. <laughs> oh, I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping with a remake they make it fun. So. Okay, because that I, sounds like the opposite of what I want. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's the one I really want to try. And that's my last thoughts on the Fire Emblem thing. So uh, just as a as a review for me and others who've never played the series or who are just getting into it, um, we can look forward to great story, um, a strategy JRPG that has elements that include some form of royalty, some type of dragon somewhere at some point in the game, um, relationship statuses that change the way the game is affected, um, and am I missing anything? No. I think you covered it. All right. Cool. Um, well, thank you guys for joining me on this uh, What is Fire Emblem podcast. I've learned quite a bit about it, and like I said, I'm, I'm all excited to jump back into Three Houses. Um, it was great talking to you all, and we'll see you all later. Bye, guys. Come back Bye. soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>